Yo, what's up, people? I'm your host, Jay Will, and I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. This is episode 214, Thoughts Worth More Than Money, part of the Millionaire Mindset series. So yeah, we're going to be talking about stewardship, freedom, opportunity. In this whole Millionaire Mindset series, that's that's what it's about. So it's not about having a million dollars. It's about focusing on how the mindset of a millionaire will give you better stewardship, more freedom, better quality of life. And we're going to explore these things from a Christian perspective. Uh, This is kind of part of my life's work. You know, the Millionaire Mindset series, uh, the school of thought is what it's called. I am uh, working through a bunch of series to like flesh through how to share with people some of the concepts that I've learned over the last 10 to 14 years that have helped me. You know what I'm saying? Just a regular dude. I'm not nobody uh, too different than you. And so I've been thinking a lot over the past couple years, how do I get these thoughts and concepts out to people who are in situations maybe struggling financially and not realizing that it's not even the amount of money that's stopping them, but their mindset about the money. And this is a deep-rooted, multi-layered kind of issue. So this Millionaire Mindset series, The School of Thought, is really about taking one step at a time to peel back all of these layers and to help you live a better life, guide you to your purpose, Um, And do it all from a Christian perspective. I know it's really challenging for a lot of people to think about money and talk about money as Christians, because let's be honest, money is a very, very um, taboo topic in a lot of ways. It's something that's manipulated. um, It's something that's worshipped and glorified. And a lot of people don't necessarily know how to even utilize or think about money from a Christian perspective. So we're going to be doing that today. All right. Let me tell you this, Um, if you are a person, you know what I'm saying, that has struggled financially, or maybe you, like you might be making money, this for you. If you're a person that's broke, this for you. If you are a believer and you care about money in any capacity, this is for you. Let me tell you a couple things before we jump into it. This is real life for me. Um, I'm going to be real, y'all. Uh, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about money because we've been just taught wrong to think about it. So I'm going to take a couple minutes to first start off and we're going to like look at what the Bible actually says about money in some different capacities. Right. And this is going to be real life content that if you never thought about it, it could literally change your life. Now, let me tell you a little bit about myself. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know me uh, before we get into this, because a lot of people they don't want to listen to people talk about money unless they like, show me the money, bruh. Where your bread at? So I'm not about to do that. Um, look, I stand on the firm belief that whether you make 50000 a 100000 a millionaire, um, it's more about the mindset. It's more about following the biblical principles and how you steward your money than how much money you make. And I think one of the mistakes that's been made over the course of, you know, however many years is that we've been taught to think about money in amounts, right? Now, I'm going to go to the Bible in a second and tell you that's a flawed way to think about money in amounts. What do I mean by that? Like, yo, if y'all knew right now, if I told y'all that I am an X amount millionaire, then some of y'all will have instant credibility with me. 
But the problem is I would be talking to you from, from the throne of a millionaire, the throne, quote unquote, of a millionaire. And the problem with that is a lot of these gurus and people who are really financial, who like they really successful. But the problem is the concepts that they're giving you are not for you. <laughs> they are giving you financial concepts of like, you know, from their high level and they might have forgot about some of the steps or, you know what I'm saying? They're giving you these steps, but it's not from a Christian perspective. So a lot of Christians are conflicted. You're like, oh, man, this person told me all these ways to make money, but none of them feel right. None of them feel like they're rooted in my purpose and why God created me. Right. Let's be real. Some people love money and some people talk about the talk about money from the perspective of loving it. So it's a turnoff. It should be a turnoff to you as a believer, and you're constantly conflicted on how to kind of digest that. So from the millionaire mindset perspective, we about to dig into some concepts. Um, again, I told you I was going to tell you all about me. I'll tell you a couple things. Born and raised in the inner city of Detroit. Um, you know, I come from a typical blended family, you know what I'm saying? Two sides of the family, um, you know, split parents, but they've both been married for multiple amount of years, all that great stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, when you're growing up through poverty, I'm the oldest of nine kids. Um, I had to learn a lot of things on my own. I had to figure things out. Graduated college from Oakland University with a business marketing degree, and I've been working in corporate America ever since. I have, you know, really started at the entry level of corporate America and worked through, um, what, I've had nine roles in 17 years in corporate America, so worked from local to regional to national, uh, made my way up to, it, you know, you know, whatever, national sales director level. You know, I ain't going to downplay myself. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm, I'm, I was able to be blessed with a lot of mentorship and things um, to make it to the executive ranks, you know, to really the beginning of the executive ranks, if you will, because even executive has levels, right? So I'm not trying to come to y'all and act like I'm some amazingly successful person. I'm a normal person by all means. Um, on top of that, I really have self-taught with real estate, you know, made a couple property sales purchases, made a couple good moves, and here I am. I have whatever I have. I'm not the most successful person in the world, but the reality of it is that I've been able, along with my wife, you know what I'm saying, Tiffany, who has been with me along the way, we've worked plans and strategies, and what I learned along the way is that the things that I'm, some of the things I'm going to tell you and what the Millionaire Mindset Series is about is that God showed me, like, through you know, the thing, the strategies that he gave me and how they work is like, yo, I didn't have to be broke. And that's really what this is all about. And what I'm all about is that when I changed some of my behaviors, some of my habits, me and my wife, and we made agreements and strategies and, and followed plans through, we realized that there was a way as a normal person to live a much better life. That wasn't necessarily about throwing all of your uh, your money in people's faces. It wasn't about looking like a millionaire. Like a lot of us are more focused on trying to look the part and trying to look successful. And we're going to talk about that right out the gate when I get started. Um, but I'm really just trying to lay the foundation for y'all because I'm going to tell you something. This is one of those things. If you really want like deliverance and like a better lifestyle, 
It ain't about a 30 second video. Some of us, we want to consume in 30 seconds, change my life in 30 seconds. No, this is like surgery. This is about getting down to the layers, down to your mindset and peeling back those layers, but also making way for healing and deliverance because we don't often talk about healing and deliverance or trauma through the sense of our finances, but the reality of it, that's the reality of, the reality of it is that I can talk people. I could talk. J-Pat, what up, bro? I see you in the comments talking junk. Um, look, the reality of it is that, you know, we don't see, you know, finances as something we need healing and deliverance from, but we do. I did. Uh, me and my wife, along the way of our journey of being regular people, again, this isn't about, you know, making money to throw it in people's face or loving money or basing your whole lifestyle about some certain amount. It's really about being a good steward, Right. Because so you can have freedom, right? And then, you know, you can have opportunities and a better quality of life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Again, for me, it's been about balancing, uh, making my way up through the corporate ranks and continuing to do that. I'm still working through a corporate career, uh, still trying to grow as a leader, focusing on self-development. But then outside of that, also realizing that I've had to invest and do things on my own, on the side, leverage some of the funds and money that I make through corporate America to make good decisions and not just go out and buy things. And that's really the first thing that I want to talk to y'all about as we get into mindset. And guess what? Yeah, we got slides, baby. I'm going I'm to throw some slides up here today because we're going to really get deep off into uh, what you really dealing with as it relates to your finances. All right, millionaire mindset. First thing right here, look, I'm going to just be all the way real with y'all. And I left, uh, look, this is some of the stuff right here. This is our problem right here, y'all. This is how most of us see money. So our, our very first problem is that most of us see money in this sense through Louis Vuitton bags. The bag right there cost $1960, $140,000 vehicles, $100,000 watches, five to $600 shoes. And then if you notice, I left the side black for a reason because all of these things lead to a black hole. They suck you dry. They lead to nothingness. This, for a lot of us, is the source of our poverty. And I'm going to tell you right now, I know it hurts when you first hear these type of messages and people talking like this, but this is the first thing you need deliverance from. I'm going to leave this on the screen for about 10 more seconds because this is the first thing that is really destroying a lot of us. We worship the things we want. This is what some of us see money as. Let me say this. When you view money as simply things, then money will do nothing but be in a cycle of getting you things that lead to nothing. It's a black hole. It's a cycle. Now, I'm going to tell you why I believe this. It doesn't even matter how much money you have. You can be a millionaire, an actual millionaire. But if you are addicted to things, and that's what your life is built around, showing people your fake wealth, right? I'm going to go and buy a $100,000 car because I want everybody to know that I'm somebody. The problem with this is if we being real, y'all, this is a multi-layered issue. First, you're wasting the money. That's what we're going to talk about today. But I want to just at least pique your interest on this other idea that 
you're also having spiritual issues about validation, right? So you're actually insecure and not happy with who you are, right? And I'm not talking about you in particular. This is a hypothetical person. It could be me. It could be anyone. Uh, we are insecure about who we are. So we take some object, um, you know, some status symbol that we want to show people, look at this. I am somebody because I have this. The problem for a lot of us is that we get the status symbol, but we never even truly have the status. What do I mean? Your financials are about order. So when you do things out of order, like if, if you get $100,000 and then you go and get a $100,000 car, you know, there are some other things that you skipped, right? You have no savings, you have no retirement fund, you have no, some people have no home and they have a Rolex. Like you have this car, you know, this luxury vehicle, you bought it out of order. So the thing is you have the symbol. This is a symbol of status, right? That's why a lot of people drive luxury things and have luxury things. It just says that I am someone. I, I, I mean something in some way, right? The problem with that is we become so comfortable with the symbol and we even elevate that more than the status itself. Because what if you could walk around in a Casio watch, but actually have wealth? Have you ever noticed like when you look at people who are wealthy, they don't wear things that say, look at me, I have money. Now, I'm not talking about like rappers and basketball players and like people who just made some money um, and, and they might have millions, but they are still actually, actually infected with the mindset of poverty. Right. I, I see like clips of some of these rappers and they like showing stacks of money. Like, look at this, bro. Like, it's like, bro, like I never seen Warren Buffett do that. Never. I never even seen people that didn't have wealth but they gain status, do that. Think about some of the most prestigious people through history. This might be a little extreme, but when I think about Frederick Douglass, I never see an image of like, ah, I'm free. That's ignorant. That's ignorant. It's actually ignorant. Because who you are and how you carry something says a lot about you. So when you, you gotta like, we don't teach enough about dignity, honor, character, respect. These are things that I'm constantly trying to get better at myself because I often ask myself, who are you? The question is, who are you? Right? What happens, you know, so if you get if you get a hundred thousand dollar bins today, are you telling me that now you became better because of a symbol? Because of a hunk of metal? Is that I'm talking to the believers. Is that who stands before Christ? Like, like, is that who stands before Christ, fam? Like, you gonna pull up in your benzo before Christ? It's not gonna happen like that. J-Pat, what up, my guy? <laughs> Susan, what's up, what's up? All right, so let's jump back into this, y'all. All right, let, let's jump into this, all right? Let, let me, uh, where am I at? No, that ain't how I wanna be. I wanna be over here, and we gonna jump into this. All right, so what does the Bible say about money? Let's jump right into this, right? Uh, there's two scriptures I want to look at real quick. Genesis, uh, and this is a reference for you to go back and check out yourself and your own time. Genesis um, chapter 41, verse 17 through 49. Um, this is the Joseph savings plan. So this is a savings plan that I literally took from the Bible and implemented in my own life. 
tweaked it a little bit, but the conceptually, this is important. Um, Genesis chapter 41, verses 17, 17, I could talk through 49. It teaches you how to manage resources during good and bad times. It teaches you the importance of strategic leadership. And over time, it all adds up. So kind of like a long-term thinking uh, mentality, if you will. All right, so let me tell you why. When you're looking in Genesis um, you know, chapter 41, this is the story of Joseph. So I'm gonna give you a quick synopsis and I want you to go back and look at this on your own, own time and depth. In the story of Joseph, Joseph, first of all, we talk about starting from the bottom, right? We're talking about a mindset. Joseph started with nothing. He, his brother sold him into slavery. He was in prison wrongfully. So you talk about somebody who has excuses, right? Excuses to complain about everything they don't have and every reason not to have it. He goes to prison and this is how he gets out of prison. Long story short, when he was 17 years old, God gave him a dream. God gave him this dream that was to be interpreted when he was in his thirties, about 20 years later. So I want you to also understand the importance of time. And sometimes we lose track and sight of the fact that things take time. Get rich quick schemes are not from God. Things that you think, oh my God, I'm gonna watch a 30 second, 30 second video from this millionaire and I'm gonna be a millionaire without ever changing my mind, without ever surrendering anything to Christ, without ever, without ever having learning good stewardship and having a purpose behind the money, it's not gonna happen. We're going to stick to Joseph. So Joseph um, has to interpret this dream from Pharaoh, which the dream in, the, in and of itself is this. This is dope. The dream is about how to manage the resources, the wheat, the food during the good times to prepare for the bad times. It says it's going to be seven good years, seven years of famine. Joseph tells him by a God-given interpretation of this dream this is what your dream means. You need to save, he didn't say the word 20%. I want to say he said one-fifth. That's why, how I got to the 20%. But he said you need to save this portion of the food and the grain and the resources during the good times. It's a lot for us to learn here, dog, if we being real. Because during the good times, that's when a lot of us lose it. During the best of times, right, tax season. Come on, let, all right, let me talk to you then, cut. During tax season, it's jokes. Like, we joke about it all the time. I'm going to be real with y'all. I, I stopped doing these type of jokes and laughing at these type of jokes a long time ago. Jokes about the bill collector calling you. Jokes about being broke. That junk ain't funny to me. I was broke. So, <laughs> for me, it's like, all right, some of us laughing and you still broke. And, I like, it ain't funny to me. If it's funny to you, no offense, you could be broke and still go to heaven. So, this ain't about taking shots at nobody or making nobody feel less than. I ain't talking about an amount of money. I'm talking about a mindset. But... You got the good times that we lose it. God told Joseph through interpretation, through this dream that he get, uh, he told him the whole plan of how to survive. During the good times, you save one fifth of the crops, right? During the bad times, now you've saved for seven years, 20%, right? Year over year is compounded. So when you hit a bad year, you got all these resources that you were prepared for the bad times for. So what does that mean? It means that a lot of us, when we look at our own finances, have to ask ourselves, while things are going good, am I being responsible? Am I being a good steward? So remember, I told you the first thing we're going to talk about is stewardship. There are three reasons that I believe that it's important to learn about money as a believer. It is stewardship, freedom, right? 
And what did I say? Quality of life slash opportunities. So freedom could really be slash opportunities as well. Stewardship is the most important thing. This is your mindset. Stewardship is like this. What can God trust me with? All right. What can God trust me with? That's what stewardship is. Would you leave the keys to your car to, with your five-year-old, right? That You can't trust that five-year-old to steward that car, to make the right decisions, and so that you come back and your car is in this proper condition. You can't do that. But maybe if you get an 18 or 19-year-old, maybe still a little too young, I don't know, depending on what kind of car you got, but maybe you start being able to trust depending on their level of maturity. See, the thing is some of us have the mindset of a five-year-old when it comes to finances, but we want God to entrust us with millions. In order for God to entrust you, now I ain't talking about, you can go out here and do shady stuff for money all day, it don't got nothing to do with God. I'm talking about for, the, for God, for purpose-driven money, for God to entrust you with finances and opportunities and resources, he has to know that you're going to do the right thing with it. The right thing is hard to do, y'all. Because some of us, <laughs> we think about the right thing through the wrong mindset, right? I ain't even going to get into that. So that's the story of Joseph. And what happens is Pharaoh says to Joseph, since God gave you this plan, then who better than you to lead it? And that gave Joseph the opportunity to actually lead this strategy in the kingdom and actually be in second command in command to Pharaoh, right? So a lot of us always focus on he's in second in second in command to Pharaoh, all this stuff. But you have to look at what he did to get there and the 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 strategy he used, and it worked. That's really um, that's really the thing. Rochelle, what's up? How you doing? Uh, thank you for jumping in and commenting. The thing we have to understand is that it worked. All right, so let me keep it going, y'all. Let's go back. Um, let's go back here. The second scripture that I want to talk to y'all about is Matthew chapter 25. That's the parable of the talents in 14 through 30, right? So Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 through 30, parable of the talents. Um, some have more, others have less. These are some of the takeaways we'll have from there. It, it, it is sinful to do nothing with the little you have. Ooh, and passive income gains interest. All right. So when you think about Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, again, this is the parable of the talents. And what, are, what is the first thing? Some have more, others have less. All right. So I want to talk about this as it relates to money. This is why I don't talk about finances through the lens of, you know, are you a millionaire or not? How much money you got? Show me your money. Show me your wife. Show me your car. Show me you. First of all, I'm going to just be real with y'all. I never want that stuff to define me. Um, like for me, it's like, if I throw stuff in people's face, then that's telling them that that is who I think I am. But if I just show people me, right, that's how I feel, my character, you know, my personality, whatever it is, my thoughts, my, my, you know, my mindset, like they'll get me. And then what'll happen is because the Bible says the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. You know, if I ever found myself in a position where I didn't have something, I'm still me. So I don't have to front for nobody because I lost something or because something happened. And I think a lot of us put ourselves in position just, if you think about it, just 
philosophically, like you have you you on Facebook all the time. Oh, I'm gonna tell y'all this. This is where you see this the most, right? You see this the most in relationships. This ain't a shot at nobody because everybody do it. So in relationships, everybody is always like. We happy online. You will only see the happy pictures. I, I ain't never showed y'all an argument with me and my wife on Facebook. So you only see all the good stuff, right? And then uh, the moment somebody broke up, divorced, like something changed, like you don't, a lot of times you really just know because something in the behavior changed. Because what happened is it's like, dang, I done spent all this time trying to show people that I'm in this perfect relationship that when it ain't perfect, it's like, I'ma just not say nothing. <laughs> I'ma not say, right? And so what happens is you put yourself in a position where it gets weird because, um, all right, I, I announced all the good stuff, but I never announced we wasn't together. Y'all just gotta figure that out. I ain't saying you should announce a divorce. I'm just saying that this is the position we put ourselves in when we like always showing people stuff. Then when we lose it, it's kind of like, oh, I'm embarrassed, right? That's that's really what happens. So let's go back over here. Uh, some have more, others have less. It is sinful to do nothing with the little you have. All right, so look, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, the parable of the talents. I'm gonna give you a quick synopsis of what's there, same way we did with Joseph. And I want you to go study that in your own time. At the end of the day, this is a parable. So this is Jesus giving this parable of a situation, right? Um, and Jesus talked in parables on purpose to believers so that believers can understand what he was saying. This is a conversation he had at one point with the disciples. All right, cool. So when you think about the parable of the talents, what happens is the master leaves three different amounts of money. Talents is what the uh, currency was called to three different servants, right? So you leave one, one talent. So let's just say dollars. You leave one person one dollar. Let, let's say hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like, can we say hundred? Can God leave me at least a hundred dollar? So you leave one person a hundred dollars, another person two hundred dollars, and another person five hundred dollars. The master leaves. They don't know when he's coming back. This is stewardship right here. We still talking stewardship. So the master leaves, gives the servants this amount of money to steward. God want to see. All right, what you gonna do with what I gave you? So you had three different scenarios. The person that had the five, they took it and they doubled it and made 10. Like, ooh, okay. I see you out here playing. You doubled it and made 10. The person that was left with 200 took it. Or the person with 500 took it and made 1,000, right? We ain't, we ain't talking about dollars. We talking about hundreds. So I got to get it right. So the person that left $200 took it and made $400. All right, I see you playing. I see you, big dog. Person left $100. You know what they did? Ooh-wee, this is what some of us do. Let's be, see, this is when we start, we talking about the millionaire mindset. You know what I'm saying? We trying to like cleanse ourselves right now. Person with $100 dug a hole, hid it in the ground. <sighs> hid it in the ground because they didn't think it was enough. Mmm. Some have more, others have less. So we got to realize in this life, some of y'all just going to have more than me. Some of y'all got more hair than me. <laughs> I got to be cool with that. See, the thing with me is like, we have to be cool with who we are. So many of us are trying to compete with each other that we don't even realize you competing with something that you ain't never going to have, bro. The reason I don't want to waste time competing with people is because some of the stuff y'all got, I'm just never going to have. So it's like, bro, I would be wasting my time competing with you because God blessed you and entrusted you with something that he just didn't see fit for me to be entrusted with.
It ain't mine. You feel what I'm saying? The person with one dug a hole, left it in the ground and did nothing. The master comes back and the master now, oh, now this is deep. You know what I'm saying? Now the master comes back. He want to know, what did you do with what I left you with? And what I love about this parable is that it is literally talking about money. See, this is one of the ways that I became comfortable with talking to through and thinking through money as a believer is because the Bible does literally talk about money in various scriptures. This is literally about money. So I don't have to be afraid to think about money or talk about money as a believer, but I need to talk about it and think about it through the lens of the Bible, right? All right, that's different. That's different. So master comes back. Look at the person that took 500 and turned it to 1,000, five talents and turned it into 10, and said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Um, you have been faithful over a few. Now I will make you ruler over many. See, a lot of us go around quoting this part. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Wait a minute. This is in reference to money. This is in reference to a master that came back and noticed that this servant did the right thing with their money. Now, I know this is deeper than money, but the parable is specifically leveraging money as an example. What does this mean? Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few. I will make you ruler over many. Here's what I love about the master, and it's kind of intriguing to me in this whole story. He comes back to each of them, and he always called it few that he left them with. <laughs> I never really thought about that until right now. Like, what's a lot to us is a little to God anyway. Like, you could be walking around with $5 million and thinking like, ooh, I'm killing it, whatever, whatever. But the end of the day is that that ain't nothing to some of the richest people in the world. That's why you have to be comfortable with what God entrusted you with. The person that was left with two talents or $200 in our example took it and doubled it. The master comes back, says the same thing. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Now, here's the crazy thing about that. If the goal is to hear well done, then it doesn't matter if you got 500, 200 or 500. It doesn't matter if you got make $50,000 a year or $100,000 a year. You still have the ability to please God and do what you were supposed to do with what he left you with. Now, think about this in terms beyond money. Think about the gifts that God gave you. We don't all have the same gifts. Some people can sing their heart out. Some of us wish we could sing like these people can sing, right? Some people can dance their heart out. I wish I could dance how some of y'all could dance, but I can't do that. But the good thing about it is the reason I don't have to be in constant competition with you is because in order to hear well done, thy good and faithful servant, if God didn't leave me with the gift of dance, he doesn't expect me to do it. See, the problem would be if I tried to go and live out your gift and do what God called you to do, I would never hear well done, my good and faithful servant. And then the last part of that that's super interesting to me is that you've been faithful over a few, so I will make you ruler over many. There's this interesting thing that God does when he can trust you with something is that he then gives you more. <sighs> that's dope. The thing is, if I make myself trustworthy, I also prepare myself for abundance. Some of us have been trying to figure out why can't I ever seek abundance? Why can't I touch abundance? Why can't I make it to more? And it could be that you can't be trusted. 
God can't trust you with the little bit he gave you and you keep asking him for more. This is challenging to talk about because it sounds kind of harsh, but in order to make this point clearer, I got to go to the last person that I've been delaying talking about. The person that was left with one talent or $100 in our example. When the master came back, that person basically described to the master why he left, dug a hole and did nothing with what the master gave him. And the master called him a wicked and slothful or lazy servant. Then the master took what he did have and gave it to those who did the right thing and already had more. Man, you know how crazy that is? You know how crazy it is to think about? I was complaining because I only had a little bit. So I made every excuse in the book not to do nothing. Only for God to come back and call me wicked and lazy and take the little bit he gave me because he couldn't trust me to do the right thing with it. And see, God, what he wants, in that example in the Bible, it says you should have gone and gained interest on what I gave you. Now, here's what I love about interest. First of all, from a literal standpoint in talking about money, it's an important aspect in understanding what to do with your money and when to do it, because interest is this, this ability to do nothing but still get more. And that's why God was like in this in this scripture, it literally says like you could have took it to the bank and gained interest. Right. You could have if you didn't want to do nothing, you could have did nothing a better way. <laughs> you dug a hole and literally did nothing. But there was a better way. All right. What I also love about this idea of interest is if I look at this entire story at a high level right now, we're talking about let's go deeper into purpose and spirituality and our gifts. God left you with a gift. He left you with the ability to do something to some extent, to some level, left us all with various amounts. When he comes back, what he's expecting to see is what did you do with your gift? Did you gain interest for the kingdom of heaven? Meaning, did you use your gift to draw people unto him? All right. God gave you the gift to sing. Did you go out and become the next best R&B singer and take your shirt off and lead a bunch of people to the bedroom, make some baby making music? And you gain interest for the kingdom of darkness. You actually use your gift to draw people away from God. Now, I didn't give you your gift. I'm not here to judge you or fight with you about it. I know people might get mad or whatever. I get cussed out on YouTube. My YouTube comments, I get cussed out, fam. Like... They go off on me, especially when I start talking like this, because why? I get it. We're emotional in a sensitive society and no one wants to actually hear the truth. But the reality of it is God gave you a gift to draw people unto him. And whatever you do with that gift, if when he comes back, he's going to want to know, did you gain interest for the kingdom or did you dig a hole and do nothing? That ain't me. That's God talking. All right. All right. Appreciate y'all, Rochelle, J-Pat. I see y'all. 
Thank you, thank you. All right, let's jump back into this because because I think it's it's still some more for us to grab. Now we're gonna jump into a couple more scriptures, right? I'm gonna keep it moving. First Timothy six and ten. We're still talking about why your thoughts are worth more than money, and in order to first talk about our thoughts, we need to look at the Bible because this is in Romans twelve and two. It says, "Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind." I should have grabbed that scripture. The renewing of your mind. So what we're doing right now, before we could talk about money and talk about all this stuff, millionaire and all this, we have to be renewed in our mind and understand the foundational purpose of even having it. For the love of money is the roots of all kind of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Man, the love of money is the roots of all kind of evil. So it's really, let, let me say this, it's really important for us to understand that the love of money is the roots of all kind of evil because whenever you're talking about money, the last thing I want to do is get lost in the sauce, right? And get so lost and caught up in talking to people about money that I start worshiping money, that I start actually loving money. And even worse, start manipulating people to get money or make it like doing weird stuff to get money. That's where some of us go with it. Those are the temptations of this world. I believe it's important to always be guided with that in mind that the love of money is the roots of all kind of evil, right? It doesn't matter if God left me one, five, or, or, or two. I just need to be a good steward of what he gave me. Me, right? So we're talking about stewardship right now. It ain't got nothing to do with the amount. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. All right. So let's jump back into this. Let's keep it moving. All right. Now we into the next section, y'all. We've talked about the scripture and everything and, and thought about the Bible, which is important and foundational to this millionaire mindset conversation. Now let's talk about complacency versus contentment. And I think, ah, oh man, contentment versus complacency. All right, all right. So let me just say this real quick. A lot of us get really confused when we're talking about money, contentment versus complacency. Now, contentment is I'm okay with what God gave me and allowed me to do, right? So I always tell people, like, if it came to stretching or something, like if I stretch my arm, it can only go so far. Like my arm can only go so far. Maybe I can lean, whatever, but there's no way that I could reach my arm and stretch across the street. I'm content with that right? I'm content with who God made me and what he gave me, right? At least I strive to be content, right? Maybe I do want to reach across the street and pick up something off the, off the sidewalk for no reason, right? Stretch Armstrong with it. My point is complacency is really different. Complacency is I actually have the ability to stretch my arm further, but I don't want to reach past here. I'm going with the dinosaur arms, right? So some of us, God, just like the person that had the one and dug a hole and left it in the ground, some of us have the ability to do a lot more than we're doing, but we're complacent and we're lying and telling ourselves, well, I'm just content with having nothing. I'm content with whatever God gives me, but whoo, wait a minute. You can't be content until you've overcome complacency. See, you can't be content while you're complacent. That's not what God is talking about. That's where he calls you wicked and lazy and cast you in the outer darkness and take whatever you got and give it to the people who are not complacent. So we want to be real careful not to be complacent. Now let's jump into the word and actually just see exactly what we mean by that, right? Talking about the millionaire mindset and why your thoughts are worth more than money. Second Thessalonians verses three, chapter 3, verses 9 through 13. Let's kick it. Verse 9. 
We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. The command is what I want to focus on. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Whew. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. This is a very challenging scripture to hear, right? This is like, <laughs> like, dang, it's bold in the mud. You don't work, you don't eat. But what I like is that second part that's saying, like some of y'all are unwilling to work, living idle lives and meddling in other people's business. Now I'm gonna tell you why this is important to me and it's because I've come to realize more and more in my own life that it's really important to try to minimize distractions as you grow in life. And when you're not doing what God called you to do, you start being worried about other people's business. Now, again, no shade, no shots or nothing. Social media, I love social media. I'm on social media right now. If you're watching this, you're on social media. So social media has a good purpose. So please do like, share, and comment if you're enjoying this content. There we go. Um, on social media, a lot of times it's just other people's business. A lot of podcasts is just gossip. Some of us spend um, eight hours, six hours a day just scrolling through nothing, living like an idle life and worried about other people's business, right? We worried about where they vacationed and who they arguing with and who broke up with who, who got together. They said this person believed it. Like some of the stuff that the content that we consume, it doesn't help us get anywhere. That's actually the reason why I have this podcast and have had it for the last five years. It's about balancing faith and business to guide you to your purpose. It's about actually sharing content that I believe will change people's lives. The reality of it is, though, this isn't the type of content that goes viral. This isn't the type of content that gets the most people's attention or talking. And I'm good with that. But I always question why is it so hard to give somebody something to change their own life? Like people will want you to do for them what you do for yourself, but they aren't willing to do it for themselves. Dang. All right, cool. Let me, let me move past that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to make nobody mad. What's up, Ashley? How you doing, sister? So let's jump back into the word. All right, you feel me? Whew. We command such people in verse 12 and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. Now, you got to understand why, why is it important? Why does the word of God call you to work to earn your own living? Now, I'm a believer in this, that you can't even understand the value of something that you haven't worked for yourself, right? So um, just take it as like a person who has like 
if it's, a, I'm sure one of y'all out there watching this, y'all got killer abs, right? I envy you, right? So if a person is out there with killer abs, a lot of times we see the abs and we want that, you know what I'm saying? Like you see they muscles and you want the muscles, but what you're overlooking is the discipline and the work that they put in to get it. So, so many people, oh man, you lucky. Oh, you got this or oh, whatever. And it's like, bro, nothing comes without sacrifice. If you want to understand what somebody has gained, first understand their sacrifice. Whenever I see somebody with something, like if I have mentors and, and people that I talk to that are way higher up in corporate America than me, have way more money, way more success than me, you know, I'm never really interested in the things they have as much as I'm interested in how they got it. I always realized if you made it up to a certain level, if you got a certain job or make a certain amount of money, I always ask people, what did you sacrifice to get that? That's what I'm interested in. Understanding the level of sacrifice that it takes to go from good to great. That's what I'm trying to do. Trying to go from good to great. It's easy to get complacent being good, right? It's easy to get lazy when thing, you just, you good, I'm good, right? But getting to great takes discipline. And discipline will never fail you. I genuinely believe that. The person that has the killer abs, I'm sure, will tell you what they don't eat, uh, how early they wake up before work to work out or late at night to work out before sleep and, you know, how much protein. I was kicking it with my boy Kel. Um, my boy Kel is a pro athlete um, overseas, and we was kicking it recently, and he was, uh, he was telling me, I was with him, actually, in person, and he was telling me, he was like, yeah, man, you know, you got to look at all the food that you put in your body as a deposit. I'm like, oh, okay, parable of the talent <laughs> as a deposit. He like, yeah, you know, so, you know, as much as I work out and stuff, so if I eat a slice of pizza or whatever like that, it's just like, all right, I know that, like, all right, I deposited this, so I got to go and deposit more over here. And so I'm like, oh, so you mean to tell me when I'm just eating cookies and cake at midnight and I ain't counting up the cost? You mean, that's why I don't got the killer ass, kill. That's why I don't got the guns, kill. Because I'm just eating and I ain't counting. Look, some of us, I'm just cookies, don't matter. Reese cup, don't matter. Like, you ain't counting nothing. But yet the person that's in shape like a kale that's out here killing it, they like, oh, it's more to it. You feel what I'm saying? Sometimes it's more to what you think about something. What y'all talking about in them comments? Thank you so much, Ashley. Shioki, what's up, bro? Woo, everybody wants to be, not everybody wants to become. Woo! That's what happens when you get a pastor listening to your uh, podcast. Appreciate you, bro. Everybody wants to be, not everybody wants to become. You got to really unpack what he's saying there. Everybody wants the Porsche, Everybody wants the big house. Everybody wants the title, but they don't want to do what it takes to become that. What I love about that, Chioki, is that you might not know, and some of y'all might not know, I have something called The Purpose Guide. I have a whole podcast episode on it if you're interested in checking it out, people. This is a commercial break, by the way. And um, it's called The Purpose Guide, and there are really five ways that I guide people to their purpose. It is learn, plan, do, become, be. Woo! So before you can... I ain't gonna say it. Before you can be, you gotta become. He just told y'all. He ain't even know. Learn, plan, do, become, be. We all wanna be, but we don't wanna learn, plan, do, and become. All right, I gotta jump back into this so I can get done.
Y'all playing games with your mans. All right, so now we are about to jump into the financial part of this millionaire mindset, um, thoughts worth more than money, right? So I wanna talk about what it costs to be you, okay? Uh, what does it cost to be you? Um, this is something that I didn't make up myself as far as this concept. I actually got this from Jamal King. I was a part of Make Real Estate Real, his real estate program. So I want to, you know, share the reference there. That was the first time that I heard this idea of what does it cost to be you, although I had actually done this exercise a couple years prior to that myself. I didn't call it nothing. I just kind of did it. Let me take a sip of this wall. The bad thing is because I'm wearing this mic, you could probably hear me like drinking this water like in a weird way. Um, all right, so now we're talking about the nuts and bolts of what does it cost to be me. So this is an example of what it costs to be you. Now we're talking about money, making money, being a good steward of money, um, all those type of things as my back itches. All right, so the first thing in this example, when you think about what it costs to be you, this is an exercise that I would advise everybody to do. In this example, we got rent at $1,500 a month. Keep in mind, this is an example. Estimates yours might be way more, way less, depending on your personal situation. But you want to just look at the example here. Uh, rent mortgage, $1,500. Car note, $350. Gas for the car, $200. Utility, $700. Phone, $100. Food, $250. TV, internet, 200, then I threw 250 for miscellaneous. In this example, this person, it costs $3,500 a month to be you. What does this mean? Why do I need to understand what it costs to be me? You need to understand what it costs to be you if you're gonna have the millionaire mindset because with the millionaire mindset, we put our money in its place. Our, we treat our money like a bad kid. We don't let money run around and do what it wanna do. We don't let money talk back to us and say whatever it want to say. I tell my money, you get down, you sit down, you go over there, bro. You feel what I'm saying? The problem with some of us is we let our money talk back to us. We let our money do a little bit of everything, dog. Let me tell you this. I don't let my money talk back to me in public. Like what you said, man, I said going to the savings, bro. Get your butt over. You, what you want some, you want some Gucci loafers, man. What? I'm about to invest in this stock, bro. Get over in the stock. See, some of our problem is we get money and then money, it get hot and it's in your pocket burning a hole and the money telling you what to do. The money looking at you like, I'm about to go get a benzo, bro. That check, that, that, uh, that tax income tax come, that money looking at you like, huh, what? I'm about to go get them Ferragamos, okay? Ferro who? Ferro what? I tell my money, go and sit down, bruh. This is what I'm telling you. You got to talk to your money. You got to tell your money what to do, but you can't do that if you don't even know how much it costs to be you, okay? So let's get into it. If it costs $3,500 a month to be me, that means it costs $42,000 per year to be me. Now, why does this matter? Now I'm about to unpack this for you and tell you why this matters. All right, if I ask you how much money you make right now, I could tell you that the average person in America makes about $55,000 a year. Last time I checked about four months ago, we did a show talking about that. 
That's why you got to listen to this podcast. What's wrong with y'all not listening to this podcast? Then you got to share the podcast with somebody. Then you got to like the podcast. Then you got to search Inspire Guys People on YouTube and then follow that. And then you get the daily shorts and the short content for all, you know, some of y'all just want 15 seconds, 30 seconds. You get that every day, bro. Anyway, I digress. The reason this is important is because if I ask you how much money you make, you always say your gross salary. Okay, cool. I make, you know, how much you make, John? I make $75,000 a year. Well, do you? <laughs> well, do you, buddy? Do you pay taxes out of the check? Do you have health care, John? Do you go to the dentist, buddy? Well, here's the thing, John. If you answer yes to those questions, which would be the correct answer, then, John, you probably bring home about $54,000, $53,000 a year. There's probably a good $20,000 of those dollars that's being withheld from your check one way or another. So we got to first understand money from a realistic standpoint and stop lying to ourselves because it sounds good because, you know, you had the dream and the goal of you always want to make more than 75000 So now you make seventy five, and you telling your whole family, I make $75,000 a year, Grandma. She, your grandma like, I'm so proud of my grandson. He makes $75,000 a year. And you go and you... Uh, you, when you go and get your car, like you go and you, you fill out the, the, um, the loan form and they say, how much money you make a year? And you say, I make $75,000 a year, Mr. Car Dealership Man. And you just feel good. But if you go and look at that net pay, <laughs> you ain't never seen 75, John. You ain't nowhere near 75. So this is why. It's important to understand how much it costs to be you, because if it costs $42,000 a year to be you, like our example, this is before, oh man, I got to go back to this. Like, I got to go back to the, to the, look, I, like this ain't like we talking rent, car note, gas, utilities, phone, food. Okay. You ain't went to the club. You ain't paid no ties. <laughs> you ain't paid back the people you owe them yet. You ain't went to the movies. Like, this is just bare minimum it costs 42000 to be you, bruh. So if you only bring in home 58, 54, you only got about $8,000 to buy clothes. And so this is why it's important to understand how much it costs to be you. Now, I want you to understand in general, this is something a lot of times we don't talk about. We don't talk about tax brackets enough and understanding which tax bracket you fall within. So I'm going to tell you based on the 2023 tax brackets, I'm going to call out two tax brackets in particular. The one that falls within the average income for Americans is the 22% tax bracket, right? This is for people that make between about $44,000 and $95,000 a year. You're going to be paying 22% on your taxes. Well, here's the thing you got to also understand. This is when you start talking about understanding, making, gaining wealth and making money. There are so many dynamics to it. Well, let's say you write, you make $95,000, but then you sell something and make $10,000. Well, 
now you go to the 24% tax bracket, right? Now you're paying more taxes. That means you that's how you might owe more at the end of the year or whatever. But let's stick to the 22. If you're paying 22% on your taxes, then right off of, off of the back, you can understand that if you make, you know, $70,000 a year, what's that? Uh, 20% is uh, $14,000. So if you just say, okay, you're making, you're taking... $15,000 off, whatever it is, something close to that. Like, all right, now you understand that, oh man, I only make what? 55. I don't make 70. Right. But that ain't with health insurance and all the other things that comes out of your, um, audio uh, check. And we're going to talk about some other important things as well. There's another tax bracket I want to talk about. Because we're talking about the millionaire mindset, but I want people to think about what it actually takes to be a millionaire and some of the, the things around it. Because what the other thing we do is we mystify things that we don't have. So whenever I used to do this, I'm so guilty of this when I was younger. Whenever I saw somebody like, let's say if I like my parents knew somebody and they drove a Porsche or they had a big house, I'm like, well, he got to make. You got to make this amount. They got to be rich, right? Because I didn't know people. Some people just making bad financial decisions. But let's say even if they are wealthy, it's important to understand that. Wealthy people pay more taxes, right? Wealthy people pay 37% taxes. Now, you might think that don't sound like much if you got wealth. But let's say you, not them, you make $578,000 a year. Don't it sound good, Johnny? Oh, yeah, Johnny, I'm making $578,000. I make over half a milli, silly. Look at you making $500,000 a year. <laughs> Not after you pay your 37%. That means you pay about $214,000 a year for taxes, John. Wow, my God. $200,000 in taxes? Jesus. Jesus, help us God. That leaves you with about $364,000 a year, John, after taxes. But that's not including health insurance and your other expenses and things. So even if you're making a lot of money, do you see how quick money can go? And that's one of the first things we need to understand. You need to put your money in its place and understand it, or else it will just keep going instead of growing. And I'm going to tell y'all something coming up here shortly. I only got a couple more slides and this is super important. So stick around. This is the part where you share and tell other people to listen. Okay. Your money's going instead of growing. And that's a big problem. And if you want to change that first, you have to change your mind. That's why we're talking about the millionaire mindset, because it starts with you. Here's what I want to tell y'all. Stop telling yourself that is someone else's fault. Stop blaming other people and making excuses for why you aren't doing what God called you to do. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but accountability is important as it relates to your purpose. If you are never able to overcome this part, you will always be the lender and never the borrower. 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 And I can talk. Please believe it. All right. I got, I may have one more slide. Do I got one more? Yes. This is the last one. And this is important people today, tomorrow, forever. So when I think about my finances and think about laying out like how I believe people should view finances as believers, it's through the lens of today, tomorrow, 
and forever. And we're going to talk about each of these buckets in depth. But what I want to tell you is that the problem with a lot of believers, a lot of people, not just believers, a lot of people who are struggling financially only live in the today bucket. That means you make whatever money you make, right? And you just pay your bills and you are caught in the today cycle, right? And the problem that most people or all people in that situation end up encountering is that there is a tomorrow and their Lord willing is a forever. In preparation, if you go back to the book of Genesis chapter 41, where we started, it was about what to do during the good times to prepare for the bad times or what to do today to prepare for tomorrow and forever. And the Bible is really big on preparation and being a good steward, right? And when we think about finances, we're thinking about stewardship, we're thinking about freedom, and we're thinking about quality of lifestyle. All right, so now let's dig into this, um, this whole concept of today, tomorrow, and forever. All right, so when I look at this today, tomorrow, forever, right? Uh, today, I'm going to just sum it up as the, the whole idea of the cost to be you, right? We already talked about the cost to be you, your bills, your phone, your internet, you know, all those things. And again, today is super important, but the problem is that for a lot of us, today becomes a cycle. And can I be real, y'all? It becomes a stressful cycle. And you can't have freedom when you're stuck in the, in the today loop. So some of us are stuck in this loop of today and today and today. And that's the idea of check to check. It means that all your money is doing is running in this race and it's losing. Like your money start off on where you get paid Friday, money feeling like this, money just, uh, money just running, right? Get through the weekend, money tied, money back hurt. Money, money looking around like, hold on, what y'all doing over there? Money, money looking, money looking for more money. Like the problem is y'all, we're stuck in this loop because we won't change some of our behaviors. And it's because we are lying and telling ourselves that it's for other reasons. And I am not telling you to focus on you to blame you or for no crazy or harsh reasons. I'm telling you to focus on you because that is what the Bible is all about accountability. The Bible says, all right, you deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Christ. And it says to do this every day, right? So I got to deny me. That means it's some stuff about me. I'm just like you. It's some stuff about me. I'm constantly trying to cleanse. I'm constantly trying to grow. And it could get tiring. I ain't going to front. Yeah, sometimes you're like, dang, when am I going to be good, bro? When is it just enough enough? When is enough enough? Hey, when is enough enough? Do we need to track? Uh, when is enough enough? All right, I'm sorry. I got off track. Um, that's today, that loop. Uh, tomorrow, you feel what I'm saying? Thank you so much, Rochelle. Uh, what up, Linda? How you doing? Appreciate you watching. Um, so there's today, tomorrow, and forever. So what the millionaire mindset is about is about getting you out of the today loop and thinking about the tomorrow and forever and layering those decisions and strategies that you are making on a day-to-day -day basis financially about tomorrow and forever. So first, before I get done, I wanna just talk about some of the things that fall under tomorrow and forever. So you got, as an example, what? We got um, 
tomorrow. Kids graduation. Come on, bro. You got you got you got two kids. You know they graduate in fifth grade. Some of us wait to the day of to be like, Susie need a dress for the fifth grade graduation. My question is, what is Susie in the fifth grade two months from graduation when I saw you two months ago with the Ferragamo's on? Wasn't Susie in the fifth grade? Wait a minute. When Susie was in the fourth grade, didn't you know the fifth grade was coming? You know what I'm saying? When you bought yourself the Louis V. Torns? Come on. Tomorrow. You know what's coming. Lord willing. Why not prepare for the kids' graduations, the kids' college funds, right? The vacation that you want to take. The license plate renewal. You feel what I'm saying? Those license plate renewals getting expensive than a mug. I'll be the first to tell you, bruh. But I know it's coming. I know my birthday coming up. I know I got to pay the license renewal. Come on. That's a tomorrow bucket. Home taxes. Come on. You know the taxes got to be paid in the summer and the winter. Insurance. If you like me, I pay my, I like to pay my car insurance in bulk. So I pay like, I like to pay six months at a time because this is something small. But I learned years ago, you do the math, and really when you pay for six months up front, you get a month free. It's cheaper. All right? I'm trying to get that free month. Christmas shopping. You know Christmas is coming. Why are you just not shopping and you spending your today money, you spending your cost-to-be-you money on tomorrow? Birthdays, Father's Day, Mother's Day. What is my point, y'all? Let me take a break before we get to forever. You feel what I'm saying? Preparation is key. Let me take a, let me, let me say this before we get to the last bucket. The point of having a today, tomorrow, and forever mindset with your money is what I believe in doing is, all right, let's say today. Today, I'm not just living for today. Because technically, right, let's get technical. This is how my mind would think if I was listening to me right now. I'd be like, well, technically, bruh, um, every day is today. So when I get to tomorrow, it's going to be today. <laughs> and that's the reason why you need to have the today, tomorrow, and forever mindset is because when you get to tomorrow and it becomes today, you want to have done the right things to prepare for when you get there. This is about the future you. But if you are only focused on the you today, your future self going to be mad that you were so selfish that you didn't think about him. Like, bro, come on, Jay. Why you didn't think about you, the you at 50, the you at 60, the you, like, you didn't think about me? Come on, bro. So I make decisions now. Me and my wife, it's like, yo, I know I'm at today. And I know today could be stressful, y'all. Let's just be real. Today could be so stressful and overwhelming for people that that's why you can't escape the loop. But that's why we trying to escape the loop. And this is about a, this is just... This is one episode. The Millionaire Mindset is a series where we're going to continue to peel back these layers. So don't think we are answering all the questions today, but we're dealing with some foundational things. Even though this is the third Millionaire Mindset episode I've done in the five years of having this podcast, this is the first one that's a part of the School of Thought series where we're going to really uncover it. All right, so let's keep it going. So this whole idea of if I can escape the today loop and somehow today learn how to layer in tomorrow and forever, and those are now buckets, then now I have 
a better quality of life and more freedom when I get to tomorrow and forever. Here's an example I have. If I had a son, which I don't, but if I had a son, from the moment he was born, I would have an account for him. Now, maybe I'm taking $5, $10, $20, you know, money y'all spend on fast food, money you spend on uh, Roblox, Robux, the video games. I'll be taking that type of money in over the years, just always putting that up for my son. Why? Because I'm thinking, well, all right, he's born now. One day he's going, you know, learn how to uh, ride a bike. He's going to need a bike. One day he's going to want his first car. One day he's going to graduate 12th grade. He's going like there's all these things that I know are going to come. So I'm going to start just doing that now. And if I'm doing it now with meaningless amounts of money that I know are going to add up and pay off later while also sacrificing meaningless things and making better decisions, then from a quality of life perspective, when I get to the fifth grade graduation, I don't have to rally everybody up and tell people like, hey, can you do this for me? Because, and it's like, listen, not saying we shouldn't help people, but sometimes you can help yourself. (laughs) And that's how I live life. I'm like, can I help myself? I don't want you to have to help me if you didn't really need to have to help me. If you only have to help me because I didn't do the right thing when I had it in my pocket. So now I want you to sacrifice your tomorrow and your forever for me. And this is what is important is that, again, if you live in a mindset that only today is important, you don't understand tomorrow and forever. Let me go back to the tomorrow and forever, just so you can understand. Are you telling me that your kid graduation ain't important? Are you telling me that their college fund isn't important? That vacation isn't important? You need vacation, quality of life. Like, I have to take vacations. I work too hard not to take vacations. I would literally lose my mind if I didn't take vacations, potentially lose my marriage. Like, you have to take time with your spouse, away from everything, like you have to do. I do. I work too hard. I'm sorry. I work too hard to just be in this loop of like struggle and stress and tired and nope, can't do it. I have to take vacation. So let's say as an example, you are looking at the amount of money you think I make today and you telling yourself, man, Jay, Jay making money, right? Jay making money. Well, what you don't realize is Jay ain't just thinking about today. Jay money got to be split between home taxes, insurance. Well, I don't really be Christmas shopping. Too many people in my family. Uh, Father's Day, Mother's Day, license plate renewal. Like, it's a lot of stuff Jay got to pay for. And we ain't even got to forever yet. And so what ends up happening is when you split your money this way, You put yourself in a more well-rounded position, but then this is the hard part. Now you need discipline to protect these buckets because when you start putting money in tomorrow and we ain't even got to forever, what happens is now for the first time in your life, let me talk about this. This is something I had to overcome. When you like me and you come from like, you you ain't had no money, like you you didn't have none, right? When you come from having nothing, And you get to the point where you got, let's just say you got $1,000. You never had $1,000, but your your $1,000 is in your tomorrow bucket. But then somebody calls you and they need something for their today. This is challenging. 
I will never be able to build up my tomorrow if I don't respect the boundaries of it and treat it as just as important as an urgent bill. It's just as important that I have my money for my vacation and my health insurance and my taxes and things like that as it is that I pay my internet bill this month. So I need to, I need to have some discipline and you need to be able to see money to grow money. Some of us can never grow money because anytime we see it, we let it go. Your money is going, it's not growing. Your money is going, it's not growing. Because every time you see it, you let it go. Every time you see it, you tell yourself, well, this person needs this today. Now, I am not saying that you don't help people. I help a lot of people. I've helped people along the way. Me and my wife help people. We have conversations, right? There's a lot of deciding that happens. But I'm going to tell you something that people don't realize that happens when people, and I don't, look, this ain't about no amount of money. I am not, let me be, I am not presenting myself as somebody who got a lot of money at all, right? But it's people that think I got a lot of money or think they know how much money I got. And that becomes challenging, especially having conversations like this, because it's like I'm trying to like, you got to balance it out. You know, you got to balance it out. The problem when people think you start having money is you become a mark. Right. And I'm just I'm gonna just tell you how I see it. I see it like you become a mark. It's so many people that I know around me that I, they think I'm a mark. And what people don't realize is they don't see the other people that's calling you. So everybody calling you thinking they the only person calling you. Well, I'm like, if I, if I wanted to please y'all more than I wanted to have the discipline and stewardship to manage what God has given me, if, if God gave me the five and you got the two, notice in the parable of the talent, the one with the five wasn't, wasn't responsible for giving the one with the one nothing. He was responsible for doing with the five what God called him to do. It's not his fault if the one with the one buries it and does nothing. What ends up happening when you come from poverty, there's this cycle that needs to be broken of people who abuse and misuse their money and their finances because they don't have the discipline yet and they can get it. This is not a shot. But then they think it's your responsibility for their today. And the problem is sometimes nobody can even help you until you help yourself. Why do I say that? You would never give a drug addict more drugs if it's hurting them. For some people, money is their drug. And that's why we're trying to cleanse our minds through the biblical lens of finances. Because if money is your drug, money is the thing that you're addicted to, money is the thing that controls you, no matter how much more money someone gives you, you're going to continue to abuse it, right? And this is the cycle that we find ourselves in sometimes, and I am not judging anyone, I'm genuinely trying to help. Because of this cycle, we are stuck in this today mindset, and then let's go back to the tomorrow bucket. The moment that somebody in our family, somebody that's our friend, the moment they get some tomorrow money and some forever money, we think they owe it to us. Well, if they took and sacrificed all of their tomorrow to give to your today, and then you continue to abuse your today, then when they get tomorrow, now they can't have tomorrow. Now, what do they do? All right. Now, lastly, let's talk about forever. 
You see how this is a cycle that's really challenging and it's really sensitive because money is just a sensitive topic forever. Now we're talking about retirement. We're talking about legacy. This means like, what are you leaving behind? The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children and his children's children. Legacy. How can I leave anything if I have not gained anything or grown anything? And it's hard to grow when you're constantly taking. Notice with Joseph, the 20% that he put up, he never touched it because he would have got to the famine and he would have been hungry as heck. <laughs> and he helped people. This is the other thing you realize once God once, once you do the right thing, you're a good steward and you grow something, then God puts you in position to help people when it won't hurt you. But people have to understand, like, I can't help you if it hurts me because then I hurt myself and you because money doesn't solve money problems. Whoa. Well-being, the cost to be the future you. There's a cost to be the future you, charity and purpose. So when we think about our forever bucket of money, you need to be thinking about retirement. You don't want to work until you're 90 years old. Like you don't want to work till you die unless you want to, unless it's purposeful. You want to be in purpose. The last thing you want to do is to be hurting and stressing and like hating your job and you a certain age. It's ridiculous. And if we can break it, look, I'm not judging anyone that's in this position because I understand there's a lot of outside factors and dynamics, but we are not here to make excuses. We are here to break curses. You feel what I'm saying? And I can't break a curse if I'm too busy trying to baby the curse. Sometimes we just got to say it and break it and try to move beyond it, right? So that's what this is about. Your future you is going to need you today to do the right thing to put that person in a better position. The future you is counting on you to change your mind today. I don't care if you're 60 or 70 years old, as long as you are living with air in your lungs and God has you alive with purpose, you can make a change. I'm not judging you if you've done the wrong thing for 50 years, 10 years, 100 years. If you're 99 and you want to get the millionaire mindset, today is your day to do it. You feel what I'm saying? There's something that we all can change. There's something that we all can do. And if you open up your mind and read the word of God and, and pray and ask God to show you, because I understand something takes the Lord to show you himself. You ain't trying to hear it from me on no video, on the internet, like you ain't trying to hear it, fam. J-Pat, bro, can't hurt you if it hurts me. Can't help you if it hurts me and it hurts you. And unfortunately, that's the cycle that we find ourselves in. And I'm trying to share some experiences, some of my personal strategies, some of my personal thoughts today, for tomorrow, forever. That's, that's my personal strategy because there are things I'm doing today with the future Jermaine and Tiffany in mind. That's what I'm doing. And if God gives us children, I have them in mind. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting to the last. Some of us, you know, you ever get an RSVP for like a wedding or something? They say, all right, RSVP by September 21st. Some of us, we saw it in June. You wasn't doing nothing when you got the RSVP. You saw it in July. You walked past it in the kitchen. It was on the refrigerator, on the counter. You saw the date. But some of us will wait until the last minute to make a move to change. But I'm telling you, if you want to be a good steward, 
and have the Lord tell you, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've, you know, been faithful over a few. I make you ruler over many. You can't wait. If you want to have freedom, you can't wait. Freedom to leave your job, right? Freedom to, to, to go into your purpose at the right time. Freedom. And then quality of life. The fact of the matter is that being a good steward does produce a better quality of life. There's so much stress. How much stress does finances cause for people, man? Finances cause a lot of stress. Here's the last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to stop, and then we're going to save the rest for the next version, the uh, part, next part of this video in the Millionaire Mindset School of Thought series. Um, the last thing I want to tell you is that I'm going to tell you the craziest part about all this is nothing is stopping you from doing it. The stock market, cryptocurrency, real estate, there are no barriers. Like, uh, we're not, like, and I don't care where you're from. Like, just like you could, be, you know, people use all these excuses. I'm from here. No, we ain't got, the white man is this, that, bro. The white man ain't stop you from buying them $500 Gucci's. Because that's not a black family. Stinger. Stinger. <laughs> Some of us making excuses, bro. Like, you you making all these excuses, but then, then nothing stopped you from getting the Cardis? Come on, I'm from Detroit. They didn't stop you from getting the Buffs? It didn't stop you from getting the Challenger with the 22s on Like, nothing. Like, why is it that nothing stops us from doing all this other stuff that wealthy people do, but the moment we got to do something responsible, we got excuses? The moment that we got to change something or make a sacrifice, we got excuses. I'm going to tell you like this. Sometimes the size of your blessing mirrors the size of your sacrifice. And some of us want blessings this big, blessings this big, get it, get it. And our sacrifices like these, we ain't sacrifice nothing. What's up, family, financial advisor? Say the darnest things. Appreciate you always commenting and showing love on YouTube. Much love. God bless you. Some of us don't want to sacrifice anything, but we want blessings that are just crazy. Look, I appreciate you checking out this Millionaire Mindset episode. I have more of these coming. This is near and dear to my heart. This is like my life's work. These are my strategies that God showed me through his word that I've used personally. And I feel a huge responsibility that if nothing else, I be transparent and share with people how I did some of the things that I've done to get me in a little place that I am. I'm not, I'm not here like I am not here claiming to be the most successful or like follow me because I got a rollie. Like, look, what's this? This is like a Timex. Like, this is a Timex watch, bro. I'm talking about money and a Timex. That's wild. <laughs> That's, my man got on a Timex, but it's a classic 24. This is a classic. It's only like $24, but it's a classic. Look it up online. See what I'm saying? That's how my mind think. Like, bro, I'm here to, like, I'm here to, like, I'm a rock the Timex, like, it's roly status. Like, at the end of the day, like, it ain't, things don't define me, bro. You can think what you want to think. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get to tomorrow and forever and have a good today. J-Pat, no doubt, appreciate you, brother. Thank you all all for watching this, man. If you enjoyed this, please do like, share, subscribe, tell somebody about this, and stay tuned for the next time. Please do subscribe on YouTube. Just type in Inspire God's People and um, be on the lookout because I got more to come, continuing to grow. Um, this is really important work to me because I believe this will guide you to your purpose. And for me, if God uses this content to get anybody on the right path to doing what they were called to do, 
This is part of the interest that I'm trying to leave in the kingdom of heaven. Because what good is it for me to have money or have knowledge or information and not share it with people like, oh, it's just me. I'm just so great. I want to keep it to myself. I'm going to take all the money. I'm not going to tell you my strategies. I'm not going to tell you I sold the house over there. No, it's about me. No, it ain't about that, bro. It's room for all of us to grow. Your money need to be growing instead of going. I love you. God bless you. You know it. This is Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your birth purpose. <laughs> it's time for me to go and watch uh, the Lakers and the Indiana Pacers in this uh, in this game, bro. Great content. Thank you so much, Ashley. Love y'all. God bless y'all. Y'all have an amazing, amazing, amazing.